Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game Time Decisions. And the countdown continues. Countdown to kickoff. And I'm not talking about the National Football League regular season, although that countdown continues as well. The countdown to College of Football rapidly approaching, man. Um, August 25th. The college of football season that kicks off and we kick off our college of football coverage on the program today with uh, one of the best if not the best in the business at talking college of football ready for release playbook.com's mark lawrence uh, will join us uh, we're talking a lot of football on the program today college of football the american athletic conference uh, we're gonna have our first official college uh, conference uh, preview we'll start on a weekly basis with mark lawrence leading right into uh, our national football league uh, previews of course uh, the canadian football league uh, regular season kicks off uh, tomorrow and uh, the sport that they call football everywhere else in the world uh, begins uh, tomorrow the world cup of course kicks off in russia tomorrow morning with saudi arabia and russia at 11 o'clock uh, eastern time a.m and this morning, it was announced, the FIFA announced um, that uh, the CONCACAF uh, group had won the World Cup uh, bid. Normally, they don't like split bids in the World Cup. They're not down with that. We've seen it in the Euro before. Uh, but um, Canada, Mexico, and the United States will share the um, 2026 World Cup, uh, with the bulk of the games being held in the United States, 40 games in the U.S., 10 games in Mexico, and 10 games in Canada. Canada will get the original early scraps. Um, you know, they'll get, like, you know, the Philippines versus, um, you know, Azerbaijan. It's so true. Yeah, and now, you know, <laughs> we're getting the degrade material. Well, listen, there's a ton of Portuguese people in Canada, specifically in Montreal and in Toronto. Yeah. In fact, there's more outside of Portugal. There's more people, more Portuguese people in Montreal than anywhere else outside of Portugal. Wow, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I, I, wow, I thought because I know Toronto's got little Italy and little Portugal. Portuguese people are only in three places in North America: Montreal, Toronto, Toronto. and uh, Jersey City slash Newark. They're they're in New Jersey. Those are the three places. I didn't know New Jersey either. Yeah, I was standing on a cliff in Portugal, like a beautiful one of those beautiful mountain vistas sort of sets. Oh no, over the ocean. And uh, somebody told me there. They said, you know, if you got in a boat and you went straight, you just went straight forward, you'd get to Halifax. So that's why so many of them ended up there. And it's the East Coast, so New York. Toronto, Toronto, Montreal, the Montreal port, essentially. So if you go straight, and uh, no offense to anybody in Halifax, but you, can, you want to keep on going when they when they had the choice, it's like yeah, you can go. I think you we'll can get go, to Toronto and Montreal. It's like listen, you know, we can go straight, or if you want to turn right, we can go to Montreal or New York. It's exactly, your choice. Exactly. I'm sure a lot of the Portuguese put their hand up. Yeah, we'll turn right see here. Ya, see you, Halifax. Be gone. <laughs> exactly. 
No, it's going to be great. You're right. Canada's probably going to get the they're going to get the crappy games, but that's awesome. That Moroccan bid, I guess, wasn't uh, sexy enough, Gabe. When you look, well, at, look, when, they, they when, could get no, some good teams. It's yeah. just what I'm saying is they're going to get the 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 early group. Yes. Like Canada's not getting the semifinals. They're not getting the finals. That's yeah. not the way that it's, it's working. Yeah, for sure. I think the way basically the U.S. gets 40 games. I think one of the semifinals will be in Mexico, and one of the semifinals will be in the U.S., yeah, yeah. and then the final is in the U.S. It wasn't easy. We see right now with the free, the free trade and the NAFTA agreement, you know, Mexico, yeah. Canada just sort of shut up, you know. Canada was just sort of like, we can't really argue anything here. We yeah. suck at soccer. Would never get in the World Cup unless we get, get this a, bid. Get the bid, exactly. So Canada was just like, yeah, well, you know, we're cool. We'll take whatever. <laughs> but uh, Mexico was like, you know, why shouldn't we get the final? Exactly. You know, why, Why you know, soccer is more popular here than you. So it was basically between the United States and Mexico. Uh, but they all came together. Morocco was the other bid. Yeah. And it all came down to money. As Morocco promised... Uh, that there would be $5 billion profit if you held the World Cup in Morocco. Meanwhile, uh, North America offered uh, $14 billion. Yeah, I'll take the $14 billion. Yeah. <laughs> $9 billion? Yeah. Hey, FIFA. We're, FIFA likes money, Gabe. They like results. And if you're wondering how the hell are they going to raise $15 billion in this, well, television rights. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be 48 teams. There's 32 teams in, 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 in this now. They're going to expand it, sort of like March Madness. There's going to be 48 teams. Yeah. Canada, the play-in country. Yeah, so Canada, yeah, Canada gets in. We've got eight years to not suck, exactly, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Like, just don't like get yeah, humiliated. That's the thing. You don't get I mean? Don't lose five nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Algeria five, Canada nil. Yeah, like that, they, that would suck. Yeah, the Canadian soccer program and the U.S. soccer program's got eight years to yeah. get it together again because they're not in this good, tournament. Good point. And we should note that uh, Italy. Not uh, in the tournament. Yeah, Italy. Ireland, not in the tournament. Uh, well, that's not a surprise game. <laughs> Scotland? No. Scotland. <laughs> Gone are the good old Scotland days. Scotland would be like a mid-tier team in the MLS. <laughs> Sorry, Scotland. <laughs> hey, hey. I settled down. I'm a Haggerty, Rangers, okay? I'm a Haggerty. Rangers can, and Celtic fans. It's like, a, it's like a Jewish person cracking jokes about, you know, you get away with it. Yeah. I can crack Scottish jokes. <laughs> I can't. They, I can't. They, can are, do it. they are brutal. They're and you know, it's funny. I know it's a hard group. I got to be honest. I really sort of wanted, and I hate to admit this, but I would. I, you know, I sort of wanted to. Uh, I was waiting for the Italian crack. You know about the World Cup and stuff. About you know, cause it's pretty big. You know, for the sure, the fact it is. that Italy's not in the World Cup is pretty disgusting it, to Italians. Oh, they, like I, I, yeah, like they must be like when they're turning this thing on, they're going to be just so angry. That's like, like that's like the USA somehow not qualifying for the Olympic basketball with yeah. the dream team. Great point. Uh, no, seriously. Like, what do you mean we didn't? Did, even, yeah, we didn't even make it. It's like no, you didn't. You didn't qualify. You, you didn't even get through. You couldn't beat Malta. <laughs> You know what I mean? You didn't. You didn't. The get Italians there. have been living on a prayer for a while, though. So our boy, style. our boy Phil Greco, yeah. our boy Phil Greco was a um, great boxer, former champion boxer. Now he's not a champion because he fights like killers and stuff. So he makes money and he gets killed uh, recently. All right. So, but to Phil Greco, um, obviously Italian, and uh, he had a great gift uh, yesterday. It was like a. a uh, a guy asking a kid it was like a man and a, and a kid on a bench. Yes. And it said, the text said, are you looking forward to the World Cup, young man? And the kid answers, no, I'm Italian. 
<laughs> That's great. No, I'm Italian. So you know what? If you're Italian, who does it, okay, who did the Italian? You said the Portuguese. Once they get knocked out, yeah. go to Brazil. Give me who the Italians cheer for. Uh, that's a great question. Thanks. That's a great question. <laughs> that's what you were. Yeah, I saw the wheels in your head spinning. We're going to so. ask the uh, we're going to ask the uh, Paisans out there tuning in uh, yeah. right now. Who do you cheer if for? If you are Italian, I'll throw this out on Twitter. Yeah, if you're an Italian soccer fan and you're not there in the for World Cup, what nation? You, Azuri. <laughs> Azuri. <laughs> I like that. That's good. I, I, I don't know who they go that's, for. That's what they are. They're, they're, yeah, they're, the Azuri. I know. Yeah, the, the, the Azuri. Yeah, I know. I like, I like the fact that you put the Azuri instead of just an Italian soccer fan. It's good. Yeah, but I want to make sure I don't misspell Azuri. <laughs> A-Z-U-R-R-I, isn't it? <laughs> I think. Azuri? No, I think there's two Zs. There's two Zs it's and A-Z- two R's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A-Z-Z-U-R-R-I? That's Azuri. There's two Zs. Two Zs. Two R's. Two R's. Yeah. Z-Z-R-R. Yeah. Azuri. Making sense. Azuri. Italian. Cheer for. Italian. Yeah. Soccer fans. Won't be Spain or Port. Like, I'm trying to think. Maybe that Belgium? Yeah. I don't know. It's... No, no. Well, to, to be to honest. Maybe a, maybe, a, maybe a South American country. No, I don't know. I think nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like I'm dead no, serious. Like nobody. No, I'm, I'm thinking like they hate everybody. Look, they just turned away 629 migrants uh, the other day on a boat a couple of days ago. Get back there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the not... United States never accepted any Italians. Um, <laughs> we're bringing our A-game here. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of the irony of that, but anyways. No, honestly, like they, they don't like anybody. No, they yeah, they're they're not gonna cheer for a rival. They're not just gonna. I don't know. They're the probably cheering for Russia. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That's. Uh, I don't know, honestly. What? Yeah, I, I I don't know. That's tough. Club team. I'm trying to think. Italian. No, they don't yeah. like any other countries. Like it's not like they're they're friends with anybody. Like Italy, like they don't like anybody. Cam. They're very, very, like, isolationalist. You know what I mean? They Well, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I'm going to say Germany, though. No. There's no way in hell they want Germany to win. So, what? okay, so out of the countries, then, what do you? who do you think, like, if you're looking at the list, I think they, they're probably cheering for Iceland. Like, they cheer <laughs> for, like, a team. Iceland. Yeah, they don't want any other team. Like, it's like That's SEC. Reputable. It's like, yeah. you know. An Italian Italian fan cheering for for Germany is like an Auburn fan cheering for Alabama. uh, I don't know about that. Except times 10. I don't know, man. Alabama and Auburn, they're in the same damn state. That's, uh, I don't know, Gabe. I'm I'm telling you, though, they just probably want some good soccer. I have no no idea. They're cheering for whoever they bet on. That's a good, that's very good. Because I heard Italians like to bet. Yeah, they do. They do. They like to throw it down. With no team. Iceland. In. <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> Go Iceland. I get to see the Italian guys in the neighborhood cheering for Iceland. You're right, though. There's, there's, that's the answer. The answer is whatever's in my wallet, what's going to get me a thicker wallet? How do I win Bitcoin and or money? That's exactly what the, the Italian's cheering for. Results. Right. Cash. The question has nearly been posted. What are, what are your options? What'd you put? 
There's no option because what do we? You know, what am yeah. I? I'm so, start, so there's just, just not, too many teams. So what, what? What? What do you say? Like who are you cheering? I said for all you Missouri soccer fans, who you're cheering for with no team in the World Cup. I say nobody. Who are you cheering for? Hmm. We'll let the we'll let, the, let the computer do the work. We'll see what happens right now. We'll see how many answers that uh, we get. I'm hoping a lot. Hoping a few. A few. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we get we get we get a few. That'd be nice. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to pin this actually to my page. Cam, uh, Cam uh, probably is unaware. Uh, are you aware of what a pinned uh, tweet is, Cam? No, I'm not. Uh, I, I can't lie. I uh, well, how do you pin it? I want to play a game with you as well. Um, I'm going to name a player, and you tell me what team uh, he plays for. What country? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. What uh, What team? What country does uh, he play for? All right. Uh, Lionel uh, Lionel uh, Messi. Argentina. All right. Neymar. Neymar plays for Brazil. Pogba. Pogba. That one's tough. Pogba. Spain. France. Ah, got that one wrong. <laughs> Pretty good start, though. It's not bad. <laughs> Luis Suarez. He's Portugal. Uruguay. Uruguay. God damn it. That's not good. Gabriel Jesus. Jesus. It's great. Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, you like that one. South American country? Yeah, well, he's not from yeah. he's not from Brazil. Denmark. He's not from Denmark. Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> so, it could have been Argentina, Uruguay, or Peru. There's a lot of options. Romelo Lukaku. Lukaku plays for Belgium. Wow, good call. Antoine Griezmann. Germany. France. Damn it. That's a trick trick question. What, because of Griezmann? Yeah, because of Griezmann. <laughs> Griezmann? France. I'm doing all right. You know, it's hits and misses. Uh, no, oh, yeah, that's yeah, pretty, pretty impressive. Also on the, I'm also on the spot here. I got uh, nothing but an MLB scoreboard in front of me. Here. Harry Kane. Harry Kane plays for Britain, for England. All right. So it looks like Cam's quite the, uh, the soccer expert. But more than you think. You're right up uh, on this. Luka Modric. Oh, Modric. <sighs> also plays on the same team with Ivan Rakitic. As well as uh, Mario Manduzic. Sounds very Croatian to me. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this game. <laughs> All right. What, uh, what, what does this sound like? Christian Eriksen. Eriksen sounds like uh, Iceland. Denmark. Denmark. Yes, that's why I imagine. I knew it was one of those Nordic countries. Denmark. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Paulo Guerrero. Guerrero. Ooh. Colombia. Peru. Ooh, come Peru. on, man. Everyone ah, that, was a that was a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> that cam's bringing it. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, get, I'm getting close when I'm missing, too. That's important. Got to get, got to get in the same uh, world uh, geographic zone right there. All right, so um, yeah, we've got uh, we're gonna go over our final World Cup uh, picks, and then after that, well, we're not gonna sort of move on from the World Cup. But it'll be the last time, you know, we're gonna give you all these parlays and stuff because yeah. tomorrow, then we'll be in the game mode, yeah. and all the games will be over by the time we start exactly. the shows. Like the first one starts at eleven. Right, that's the thing because I need I need you to announce those parlays again because they're on uh, your account. So I got to make sure I uh, take them down. I'm very excited about this. I have a good feeling we're going to build the account. Yeah, no, the Stand um, positive. The account uh, will be uh, the account will, will be flush. It will be built. It will be flush. It will be built. 
I don't know if we introduced ourselves off the uh, the top of the program. Right. You're Gabriel Morenci, and I'm Cam Stewart. If you don't Ready know Bridge. that already, I don't know. Just get the hell out of here. We're, you know, come on. You already know that. But, uh, yes, that's right. Uh, he's the Raging Redhead. I'm Gabriel Morenci. Mark Lawrence is going to join us. Uh, Playbook.com's Mark Lawrence. We're going to talk um, college football with Mark. We'll talk a little baseball, dip into his database from the coffee club today, Major League Baseball trends of the day. We'll get you caught up to date as far as the afternoon baseball is concerned. A couple of baseball picks tonight, but I really am focused on the World Cup and the U.S. Open uh, as well. Cam's got you covered as far as the U.S. Open golf is concerned. Um, six packs, best bets, TFS, everything. I've got a lineup. I got a baseball lineup. I got a million soccer parlays. We got Dan Daly, VegasInsider.com, one of the best golf handicappers in America, is going to join us to break it down as well. All that and more. Game time decisions. Red Eat Rage Radio continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Red Heat Rage Radio continues. The Tampa Bay Rays have just beaten the Toronto Blue Jays. one nothing. Hap did his job. Can't hit. And uh, Cam uh, was on the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. I feel his That's pain. true. That's true. I clicked the Arizona Diamondbacks just minutes before uh, first pitch. And I wasn't in love with that game either. But uh, I decided to jump in on it because I'm a degenerate. I also uh, parlayed. Speaking of degenerate uh, bets, I parlayed. The um, Boston Red Sox with Uruguay to beat Egypt. Nice on well, Friday morning. It's early, but Boston's up one nothing there right now. And uh, hey, kudos to the Braves. They did it again last night. They were they were down two to one. They scored uh, six unanswered. They blanked the Mets today two to nothing. Thirty nine and twenty eight. This Atlanta team, Gabe. Wow, nice mixture of youth and uh, experience, and they're getting great pitching. You got, you got to hand it to these guys. Let's bring in uh, Mark Lawrence uh, right now. We'll get to some Major League Baseball uh, with Mark. We're going to get to some football, but uh, we're not going to break down Panama and Colombia's chances uh, with Mark <laughs> Lawrence. Although Mark is a uh, Mark is a uh, man of um, many, many many skill sets. Yeah, many skill sets. It's a good way of putting it. His database is deep and very large. And uh, I know Mark Mark Lawrence's playbook probably doesn't have a World Cup database, but I know that Mark knows a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy that's probably got some good tips. He, uh, on he said, I actually read the coffee club that you sent me. Gabe Mark was talking about Croatia and Mexico as a as a sleeper in the database. Mark Lawrence uh, joins us. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing terrific, guys. I uh, I just think it, there's something that sounds a little politically incorrect about uh, using Boston and Uruguay to team up, team up and pound Egypt. 
It just uh, <laughs> uh, a two-teamer to to beat Egypt. <laughs> That's it. So you got to love this time of year. Some of the, the creative parlays that we're going to be coming up with. That's right. I've got the Boston Red Sox and Uruguay <laughs> parlay together. <laughs> and uh, the Red Sox need to beat the Baltimore Orioles, and uh, Uruguay need to beat the Egyptians. <laughs> Sounds like you, you know, should I, be telling that to a judge somewhere in Egypt, you know, what you did. <laughs> no, no. You know, those judges over there, I probably right now, I'll get charged just for betting yeah, against them. You, know, exactly. you get criticized. You get charged for criticizing them. I was telling Cam earlier, you know, these soccer, some of these World Cup rivalries, it makes like uh, Auburn and Alabama seem like Boy Scout stuff. Like, you know, people in America, they don't really realize these, you know, we're geopolitical stuff, religious stuff. Countries that have been in wars, and it's a small world, Mark. They end up playing in the World Cup against each other, and there's always a couple of these just intense geopolitical matchups in the World Cup. I wonder what it's going to be like when uh, when North America hosts the World Cup. We got you know basically you know three countries are going to host, and uh, could be a lot of political ramifications there. Yeah. Us at war with Canada and Mexico. For, for the, Mus- the Muslim ban better be left by the time the World Cup comes. Good, That's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a lot of this. it's one of the reasons why actually because if you look at all the the issues right now politically actually in North America among the countries. With the free trade and everything, there was a thought that that would hurt the World Cup. And also that the Muslim ban in America, um, that would that would, that would hurt the World Cup bid. But ultimately, they crushed, they crushed Morocco's bid in, yeah, in the vote. $14 billion to $5 billion. That's all in That's the end. Money. In the end, it's all accounted. All right, let's talk some, uh, let's talk some college uh, football uh, right now. And uh, we'll get Mark's, uh, we'll get Mark's uh, pick on the World Cup on the way out. American Athletic Conference. So uh, we're starting alphabetically, guys, on a weekly basis. Me and Mark have been doing this for years. Some weeks are more glamorous than others. I mean, sometimes it's the Sun Belt. Sometimes it's the SEC. Um, This is an interesting uh, conference, the American Athletic Conference. Entering its fifth year of existence. Um, They've struggled in bowl games 10 and 17 straight up, 11 and 16 against the spread. Uh, But as uh, Mark Lawrence alludes to, um, in the playbook, uh, it's become a breeding ground for up-and-coming coaches, uh, Mark. I mean, this this has really just become a um, a stepping stone conference almost uh, for big-time uh, coaching jobs. It has, and it's going to continue that way, Gabe. Uh, you take a look at right now who's inside the ACC as far as coaches go that don't figure to be there much longer. You find uh, Jeff Collins from Temple. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Uh, he'll be, end up in the SEC real quick. You got Mike Norvell from Memphis and Willie Fritz at uh, Tulane, Mike, Philip Montgomery at Tulsa. So, you know, this is like you say a stepping grounds onto a Power Five conference, and uh, it's all about winning this year. And there's going to be some pretty good football being played in the AAC, AAC I should say, this year. All right, let's jump in and talk about uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, Cincinnati Hayden Moore is back. I guess this kid's got 17 years of college eligibility. It seems. It feels as though he's been there. Quarterback for like a decade. It feels like he's been there forever. I know. Uh, Mark, the odds makers have low expectations for the Bearcats. The win total is uh, four wins, over under an even four for the Bearcats this year. 
Well, you know, you take a look at what you've got for a head coach there in Luke Fickle. He came over from Ohio State, had served one year as a head coach there, and uh, he's doing a really good job recruiting right now. In fact, uh, recruiting reports show he has the best recruiting class of all group of five teams this year. I'd go over those four wins here if, uh, if for no other reason, just the fact that uh, it's Fickle. He's got seven guys back on defense. And like you say, Hayden Moore in his 11th year at Cincinnati <laughs> could prove well. <laughs> Tommy Tupperville, like you guys want to talk about, he destroyed that Cincinnati program there, Mark. He did. He basically chased him out of town. Let's talk about uh, Connecticut, uh, an interesting team, Mark, because these guys, they were really struggled on offense, but last year they're improving by nine points and nearly 100 yards per game. But the problem with them is the Huskies used to be known for defense, but man, they're a sieve giving up 10 extra points and over 100 yards per game. What do you think about the Connecticut Huskies? this year uh, an interesting team I don't know what to think of these guys well you got Randy Edsel running the program here and uh, he's a little bit old school and they're not going anywhere with him uh, old dogs that need more youth and uh, you take a look at what they've done here they've been outgained in 14 of the last 15 games they've played it's sort of bad when you take the field and know you're going to get pushed all around the field kind of hard on the players to have a positive attitude they did hire John Dunn as their offensive coordinator. He comes over Chicago Bears, and he was tied up with Edsel at Maryland earlier in Maryland's stint. Uh, Edsel stint with Maryland earlier. So, you know, but what do you got for an over-under total there? Gave about four wins on Connecticut this year, and if it is, it's probably the right total. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half wins. And like you said, though, Mark, um, the defense wasn't good at Maryland when they were together, <laughs> right? So now, now they're reunited together once again. Listen, it's, so they got to get the four wins, but you look at their schedule, it's not an easy one. They play uh, Central Florida in week one. They're at Boise State. They host Rhode Island at Syracuse versus Cincinnati at Memphis at South Florida versus UMass at Tulsa versus SMU at East Carolina versus Temple. That's a low number. You know, normally I want to buy low and, you know, buy. I like to bet the overs on, on these low numbers, Mark, but. I don't see where four wins comes from on this schedule. I don't either. You have to ask yourself, how many games are they going to be favored in? And if they're not favored in four games, it's kind of tough to predict going over that total. And I don't see them favored in any more than four football games this year. You know, that being the fact, I think this could be Randy Etzel's swan song at Connecticut here. Unless something improves, unless John Dunn does, Dunn does something that we haven't seen in a long while, and it's like that offense up here. That offense has been pretty stagnant last year. They improved a little bit, but uh, I'm not a Connecticut Husky fan by any way, shape, or form this football season. Uh, East Carolina, it's, it's, uh, we're a long ways away from the Skip Holtz days and covering point spreads uh, with this team. Seriously. This program has just uh, fallen apart from Mark Lawrence's database. Uh, the the uh, East Carolina Pirates are 2-20 and 20 straight up and 0-22 and against the spread versus conference foes with a winning record since 2010. That's why you need to get the playbook. Um, so uh, during the, uh, the regular season, you can reference uh, uh, these uh, numbers and uh, cash. What do you make of these Carolina Pirates uh, this year, uh, Mark? Five returning starters on offense and uh, seven on defense. Well, when you were as bad as they were last year, you can only do one thing, and that's go up the next football season here. They did a great uh, hire in the offseason. They brought in David Blackwell. He was a defensive, uh, as a defensive coordinator, he was a head coach in the FCS level here, and he's all about defense. His team's never allowed more than 20 points a game 
uh, as a head coach. So it's going to end up helping this football team, I think, at least that way. But they're still going to need to do a better job recruiting. You know, it's funny how they had a real good head coach did East Carolina and Ruffin McNeil, and they didn't think he was good enough. You know, they let him go, and my God, you know, this team has really gone and become turned to the pits since that's happened. So, you know, bottom line, it's going to take a while here to build this program back up, but those two and a half wins looks a little bit soft, a little bit low here this football season. I'll tell you, yeah, Ruffin, McNeil, Ruffin McNeil used to get the Pirates to bowl games and stuff. Like they were a good. I can't believe how they've regressed. It's I crazy. see. I see an even three with a win total. They open up with North Carolina, A and T. All right, that, so they get they, help. They, get they get a win there. And it's pretty tough for them, man. Though they host North Carolina at Virginia Tech. Nope. At South Florida, nope. Old Dominion. Maybe. Yeah, you know, they're not going to beat Temple in Temple. Houston goes to East Carolina. Central Florida goes to East Carolina. Memphis goes to East Carolina. East Carolina at Tulane. UConn at East Carolina. East Carolina at Cincinnati. Here's another team that I just don't see. I think if you could, I think you could play this under three, and at worst you get a push because I don't see yeah. any hope in hell of this college football team winning four games uh, this year, which leads us in to the Houston Cougars. Um, Houston Cougars, what's your take on Major Applewhite's team this year? Uh, uh, they bring in Kendall Bryles, um, who's coming over from Florida Atlantic and, of course, uh, the disgraced uh, son of uh, Baylor's uh, head coach, Art, Art Bryles. Yeah. Real class, yeah, class he, bunch. He was, he, yeah, he was the head coach that made that statement, and he asked the recruits if they like white women because Baylor has a lot of football players that love white women. <laughs> Uh, not a class move here by Houston in that particular hire. We had him down here in Florida at Yeah, the exact quote. Uh, the exact quote is Mark writes in the playbook. Uh, Kendall Browse asked the recruits, "Do you like white women? Because we have a lot of them at Baylor, and they love football players." <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever wondering, like what 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 is said when uh, when the, when the kids are getting recruited, that's that. There it is, right there. We have a lot of white women that like football players. <laughs> well, they, they, you know, they, they better keep a, a filter on this guy. But, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is uh, they're going to be one of the teams to beat in the conference this year. Uh, I don't know if Apple White's really a, a really good uh, FBS-type football coach here, but he does have the best defensive player in the conference, and Ed Oliver. He'll be playing in the National Football League here real soon. Uh, and there were only one of four teams that didn't start a senior last year. So that means that they have a lot of experience coming back this football season here. Uh, what are you seeing? Eight and a half wins for the total on, the, on these guys? Just, this, that way, are you seeing eight yeah, and a half for the number? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And I tell you, I think their season is going to be defined, Mark, by the, the game in week two when uh, when Tate and Kevin Sumlin uh, roll into town. It's a big game for Major Applewhite. The expectations, you know, were built when Herman was there. You know, you we got to wonder about Applewhite. Is he the guy that's going to be able to sustain the success? They got the new stadium. They put some money into this thing. That's a big game. That's a big game for Sumlin going back to the state of Texas as well. Can't wait for that Arizona-Houston game in week two. And right now, if I had to pull the trigger, I'm pulling the trigger with with Arizona to beat him. Yeah, Arizona's one of my teams. I think it's a real sleeper team this football season here. I think I, four and a half wins is what I play them over. I think with Sumlin going back to Arizona, he's got Cleo Tate. That's like Johnny Manziel, his quarterback that he had at A&M. So they're going to be a sleeper team is Arizona. But I'm with you. I think Arizona takes Houston down in this game because Houston doesn't have a defense. It was 100 yards worse than it was the last year, their first year under Applewhite, and Arizona can light up the scoreboard. 
Hey, Mark, Memphis Tigers, we know they bring back a lot of guys, but losing quality with quarterback Riley Ferguson. And I love Anthony Miller, that receiver. I think he's going to be great. Uh, interesting stuff. What do you think about the Memphis Tigers? Returnees, but losing stars. Losing a lot of stars, a lot of offense, a lot of firepower from that football team. And, you know, before the firepower was there, they were always a little bit wobbly defensively was Memphis, and they just continue to outscore their opposition. I don't think they have I don't think they have the players in place to outscore the opposition like they had. That was a 500-yard offense uh, with Miller and with Ferguson. And then Daryl Dickey, their offensive coordinator, has bailed out as well. I think this team goes down. They had 10 wins last football season here. I think they'll struggle to win eight this year. Yeah, the eight and a half feels a little high for the Memphis Tigers uh, this year. They've done a nice job from going from Paxton Lynch into Ferguson, um, but I think it's it's going to catch up to them right now. Losing a coordinator, it's just uh, I think it's it eventually catches up. And defensively, they are a sieve. Yeah, they're brutal. Um, so eight and a half does feel a little bit uh, high for the, for the Memphis Tigers. I you know so let's talk about Navy. Uh, Mark and uh, you know Navy wins seven games last year, which is I guess considered a little down uh, for them. But you consider all the injuries that they had, specifically at the quarterback position. Um, you know they they were almost like a cursed football team. But you know like the military academy schools, man, they don't quit. They fought through it. They ended up winning seven games, and uh, they played an extremely viciously tough schedule last year as well. I got to believe that Navy are going to be a better team this year than last year. I agree with you. They don't come back with a lot of returning starters, but that's the case almost always for military football teams. Uh, it'll be the case for Navy this year. They've got two quarterbacks that uh, both play on the field together. One is a quarterback, one is a running back, Zach Abbey and Malcolm Perry. And uh, between the two, they combined for 3,200 rushing yards last year. They're both back this football season here this year. And seven wins, like you say, I don't think you can keep this team down too long. Niamatololo is a terrific head coach. and uh, we have Manageable a, schedule, Mark. Manageable schedule. Very manageable schedule for this football team. Right? I think uh, this is a football team I'm going to look to play over the total here. Uh, Well-coached football team, seven wins. I think they can find that eighth victory this year. So am I. I'm looking at the over here as well. I'm a big fan of this uh, program. They open up at Hawaii. That's a win. Memphis yep. at Navy. Uh, that's a win and yep. inexperienced the team that was a great game last year it was a great track meet uh, that game uh, but uh, that's a winnable game for them um, Lehigh at Navy that's a win <laughs> very much so Navy at SMU I believe that's a win I mean they, these guys are gonna be racking up the wins Navy at Air Force all right toss up but Navy are better than Air Force are Temple at Navy is a winnable yep. game uh, for Navy Houston at Navy is a winnable mm-hmm. game for them Notre Dame they at can, Navy. They can beat Notre Dame? I mean, I'm seeing a lot of wins here. Navy at Cincinnati, Navy yep. versus UCF. Things sort of get tougher down the stretch here, but there's no reason why we can't rack up five, six early wins, Mark. No, and they're going to finish up against Army, as they always do, and they'll have double revenge this year against Army, so you know. Yeah, they get them this year. It's payback <laughs> yeah, this time. They'll get them this yeah. year exactly right. So, you know, they open up well. They close out with that win against Army. I think you cash your ticket. Hey, Mark, talking about the SMU Mustangs, three running backs over 2,100 yards these guys rushed for this season. They got Auburn offensive coordinator Gus Malzahn. I worry about the defense a little bit, but, man, these guys might be putting up major points on the board. Smoo and the over. Auburn, Auburn's offensive coordinator with Gus Malzahn. With Gus Malzahn. Yeah, yeah not, sorry. not Gus Malzahn. Correct, correct. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's uh, Red hey, Ashley. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. But you know, you've got Sonny Dykes there, and he's all about airing it out. He's, you know, he's got that uh, air raid in his DNA. We'll see that with SMU this football season here. And best of all, they got a quarterback in Ben Hicks. This kid is completely under the radar, but he puts up numbers. He puts up passing yards and touchdowns. And with Dykes now calling the shots, there three running backs with over two thousand rushing yards. I think this is going to be a, a really potent offense here for SMU this football season here. And if things go well, things go their way, I think they can find six wins and make that over total a good play for SMU. Yeah, it's an even uh, even over under six. All right, hang in here, Mark. We'll take a, a very, very quick uh, break. On the other side, uh, we'll talk about a, a hot team that I'm starting to buy into. I see a couple of overs and unders in this conference. As far as future bets are concerned, we'll continue our conversation with Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Orlando's finest, a little uh, shine down. You enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries. Check out the prop builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And uh, if you sign up, and uh, use the promo code FNTSY. You can get a 50% uh, deposit uh, bonus. Uh, rollover requirement, um, of course, is required. Uh, but if you don't want to roll it over, yeah. then don't take the 50% uh, bonus and just uh, crush the book. Check out their uh, their prop builder tools over at mybookie.ag. And mybookie.ag is ready to go for the World Cup. We'll run through a lot of their props a little bit later on in the program. We talked about some of them yesterday. And, uh, Mark, you got to love the, the creativity of the, of the betting markets now, there's props out there so you can bet. Um, so Brazil, what's who's going to score more, Brazil goals or New England Patriots regular season wins? <laughs> and you can bet like mybookie.ag's got like almost every NFL team. So like France versus the Philadelphia Eagles, goals versus wins. And but like I said, it's an interesting prop, but you got to be pretty patient for that. You got to wait yeah, till you're the, end wait. Of the, yeah, exactly. the NFL regular season. <laughs> Gabe, I, re- I remember being in Costa Rica with you last year, and you're talking about betting uh, season and win totals, and you can't wait for a pop tart to come out of the toaster, <laughs> let alone waiting for a Super Bowl to cash your ticket <laughs> on a prop bet. So that's one I don't think I'll see you making. No, I he's know. changing, Mark. We had a big talk about it today. Maratzi's like, I'm putting my foot down no, with futures. To, I'm trying to change. You know, I jumped in with a nice pick on the on the Golden State Warriors when they were down to the Houston Rockets. We're investing in future dividend uh, stocks uh, here. Uh, in the World Cup, we're looking at the big picture, uh, Mark. You know, we're, lo- we're, lo- we're looking at the big picture now. Well, I like that. Big picture means that uh, we've been there, we've been around, uh, the, we've raced around the track. We know what we're doing, and uh, uh, it, you know, it's all about getting an edge. You know that, Gabe. It's, uh, exactly. Looking, we're talking. We're talking about season win totals right here now, doing college football, and we're looking for that edge. And if we can be patient enough, wait for the edge, we'll be able to cash by the end of the season. 
All right, so let's jump in, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick up the pace a little bit. We'll just sort of throw the teams at you and uh, so we can get to every team, uh, Mark. And then uh, we'll cycle on a couple of teams that uh, specifically look good. But I'm liking this conference from a future perspective here. But let's get into Temple uh, right now. Matt Rule, and for the life of me, I'll still never understand why Matt Rule took the Baylor job instead of the, the job with the Ducks. Uh, but it is, it is what it is. He's got to live with it uh, right now. They get uh, Jeff Collins in Philadelphia. What do you make of this uh, this Temple uh, football team coming into the year, Mark? I like this is a team I like real well this year, Gabe. I got them in my play on list. I think they're going to overachieve this football season here. I think the hire of Jeff Collins was a terrific hire here, and we we pointed out that Matt Rule is one of his best friends. They've coached together in the past. Collins could have left as a defensive coordinator from Florida many times over, but he opted to stay there because he wanted to go into the right situation, and Rule insisted that Temple is the right situation. Collins took the job, and they were a little bit slow out of the gate last year. The first five games of the season, they were pushed all around. They were out-yarded every game. But my goodness, he hit the switch, and look what happened to Temple after that. They won the stats and the yards each of the last eight games in a row to end the season last year. It was like a a 217-yard differential in total net stats, what they did last year. They closed out unbelievably. And now he's got a group here that uh, lost 50% of their seniors that last year that uh, were gone. That's the reason they had that slow start. But now all of a sudden they've got his playbook down. I think this is a great coach in Jeff Collins, and I think he's also going to lead this team to big things this year. I think they're going to play them over seven wins this football season. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. six and a half out there right now. And I'll tell you, you what, their schedule yeah. is pretty manageable as well. They can rack up some early wins. They can beat Villanova. They can beat Buffalo. Uh, the Maryland game is a winnable game for them. They host uh, Tulsa, which is a winnable game for them. I think they probably start out the season, let's say, three and one. Temple Boston College, winnable game. East Carolina are terrible. Temple Navy is a battle. Um, yeah, there's some winnable games out here uh, for them. Hey, Mark, let's talk. There, uh, sorry. there are. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you about uh, Tulane and the Green Wave because we talked about them before. Amorensi, we're talking about the, the running attack, 100-plus yards in 27 straight games there. Your old coffee club, we talked about them even before, and I was talking to Gabe, t- talking to them being a play-on team. The Green Wave might be putting some green in your pocket if we follow these guys, Mark. Finally, this program looks like it's trending upwards. I think it is trending upwards here. It's because of Willie Fritz their head coach who doesn't get a lot of notoriety but all the guy ever does is win and he builds programs up from the start he's doing that here right now with this football program here he's got a really experienced football team and nobody realizes how good they are pounding the ball on the ground they were number 20 in the nation last year running the football uh they've got uh running backs that have rushed for 100 yards 27 straight games in a row has Tulane run the ball for 100 or more yards. That's a real nice piece of artillery to have going into every football game you have. And Willie Fritz just dominates losing bad teams. He's 16-1 and straight up in his career against opponents that are 333 or less. I like this team to get over the total this year. I think it's one of the better plays in the AAC. I'm starting to buy in, Mark, and I didn't realize what a great job that he's doing recruiting. 18 three- and four-star recruits, which would be unheard of in the past in Tulane, but such a rich area of, of talent. And, you know, we've seen sort of the spill-off in the past, Mark, like in Alabama where, you know, Troy could get good or like Arkansas State got good around the talent, sort of feasting, plucking, you know, the, the, the Razorbacks. 
And we've seen in each state a lot of these smaller programs have been able to sort of capitalize on it. Look at uh, Central Florida right now and South Florida, et cetera. And, you know, the Tulane's just never been able to do it, um, you know, considering just what, what great five-star talent that they have right in their freaking backyard, right, you know, right down the street from their campus. So it's a pretty good start that suddenly they're getting, they're getting three- and four-star guys because, let's be real, before they were getting, you know, walk-on and one-star guys, right? So, it's, you know, definitely Willie Fritz doing a hell of a job here. I'm starting to buy the hype, Mark. I like I like him real well this year too, Gabe as well. They got nine starters back on offense with their quarterback, almost their entire offensive line. There's a lot to like about the wave this year. Tulsa, Tulsa. Burger King used to be a team that could score, Gabe, but they're giving up on both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know what? Uh, they they had, a, they had a rough year last sure year. Did. Uh, but you know, it's it's generally a solid uh, football program. What do you make of uh, Tulsa coming into the year here, Mark? I know the well, schedule is a killer. Well, they were beat up by injuries last year, Gabe. Uh, you know, that's the fact of the matter here. And uh, they had 14 players made their first career starts. Nine of them were freshmen last year. That's how bad the situation turned into at Tulsa last year. And, you know, and that was on the heels of a big 10-win season. You go from 10 wins to two wins, you get red-faced embarrassed. And this is a really good coach, head coach in Philip Montgomery here. He's one of the coaches I talked about earlier on. Look inside those numbers last year. Five of their losses were by one possession or less or fewer. Uh, they've dropped a total down here. Uh, maybe you're looking at a two-win team, and you're seeing seven or seven-and-a-half wins for a total here. But I can only look over on this football team. I think they're going to be playing with a big-time chip on their shoulder. What about uh, – we know UCF, Mark, and what a, what a story they were last year winning their bowl game against Auburn. Scott Frost going back to his alma mater at Nebraska. I'm not sure if these guys can keep up the pace. Very, very solid program, but it's going to be, with all the changes, hard for them to duplicate what they did last year. What are your uh, thoughts on the UCF Golden Knights? They won't smell anywhere near the success they had last year. They still feel that they were the national champions last year because they were the only undefeated team in college football. But, you know, their coach is gone, and uh, they've also losing quite a few players. But everything I read down here in the spring is that they're lightning fast. They're like a track team, especially their running backs. They claim they go five deep in the running back position that anybody can break it loose and take it, take the ball to the end zone at any time. So that speed's going to bode well for them. They got a quarterback in Mackenzie Milton who was there and done that before. So that's all good news. But now you got new coaches, new assistant coaches, new schemes, and everything else. It's a learning process all over again here. So I think they take a step back here this football season here, and uh, you know they're still going to go bowling by season's end. But uh, whether or not they're going to win eight games is another question. Yeah, win total is nine uh, as well, I believe, right now. Um, win total is a nine uh, for Central Florida, and even nine. The schedule is pretty tough. I tell you, though, Josh Heupel, I don't think there's going to be much of a drop-off offensively here with Scott Frost not being there. But Scott Frost was just a magical run for them. They lose the kid to the Seattle uh, Seahawks as well. He was one of their better. Well, Griffin. Yeah, one yeah. of their better defenders. I'm looking at their schedule, too. All right, there's some winnable games early, but it, it gets it gets trickier uh, along the way. I, you know, and he, a clean slate of nine seems like uh, quite a lot of wins which leads us to the other team uh, we were just talking about uh, let's talk about the team in tampa bay uh, with uh, charlie strong and uh, the south florida bulls but of course they lose their quarterback in quinton flowers they were an explosive team like i gotta tell you there wasn't much of a difference between south florida usf and ucf and that football game they played last year was one of the funnest games i've ever watched ever what do you make of uh, the bulls uh, this year 
Well, I'm a big Charlie Strong fan. I think I like the job that he does with football programs here, but I think he doesn't have a lot to work with this football season here. You mentioned Quentin Flowers, three-year starting quarterback, set 42 school records. He's gone. Their top three running backs from last year are all gone, and so is the best defensive player on the team, a linebacker, Augie Sanchez. He started 50 games in a row and led the team in tackles three years in a row. So you got a lot of holes to have to plug here from another team that really set a lot of school records last football season here. I think they're going to have a hard time. Uh, what do you see, 10 for a win total on this football team? The um, South Florida, South Florida. I hate when it's the abbreviations. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are they putting it under you or are they putting you it under the S. S, yeah, S, right? Oh, come on. I know. It's freaking frustrating. Strolling. Eight and a half. Yeah. Uh, well, eight, all right, well, eight and a half is different. If it was ten, I saw ten <laughs> from the South Point on the opener, and I said, my goodness, they, you know, that you're asking you have to cash, uh, win 11 games to cash that ticket, and there's no well, way in the world nice I would have done that. But it gets yeah. bet down because of all these losses, all these holes that they have to fill. So eight and a half makes it a different story here. But still, I don't think they'll be as good a team as they were last year, but it'll still be a heck of a football game when they do play UCF once again this year. The one thing that frustrates me about not living in Vegas anymore, Mark, is, you know, it's the little things in Vegas. Sort of like a good example is like the Milwaukee uh, Brewers. This year they you know, in Vegas, they opened up the Brewers like one of those first days. Oh, baseball totals released. They made the Brewers like, you know, 82 and a half or something like that. And I was like, God, oh, dear God, if I was going you know, to hammer this and. By the time it, it, it the season started and it was offshore, Mark, it was uh, it was eighty six and a half. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not the same number. Like in five games, it's a different bet. So I got all these people all the time. Hey, great call with the Brewers over. Do you have it? I'm like, no, I don't have it because I didn't bet over eighty six. You know, I liked it at over eighty two. <laughs> All right, well, it's so, the same uh, thing with college totals, the same thing here. With the, we're talking 10 wins with the USF. You know, 10 wins, I think it's a nice underplay. Eight and a half keeps me out, and I'll watch and see what happens. But the bottom line here is I think they're one of the underachieving teams this year. All right, so what are we looking at uh, here tonight uh, in baseball? Uh, Jose Barrio, 6-0 uh, and against division foes this year, as well as 6-1 and in his career in the month of June. Matthew Boyd just one and eleven in his last di- division eleven games. divisional starts, uh, Mark, including zero and four this year. That's uh, quite a negative trend in divisional play for Boyd. Yeah, you got to look at the Twins in this baseball game here. I think Detroit's, you know, really going to kind of like looking for the end of the season here before we even get to the All Star break. Barrios. He's really got stuff. I mean, we see that in his command. He's got 44 strikeouts, only five walks in his last five starts. i got to like these numbers here tonight in the mismatch. I think it's all Barrios in this game. And Mark's uh, so- soccer tipster says, uh, look for Croatia, uh, to, uh, Croatia and Mexico, Mexico this year. And you know what, Mark? I've got an interesting prop bet. And um, if, you're, if you're laying anything down, it's basically which continental – so it's continental betting. And which CONCACAF team, so which North Americans team, so to speak, from the CONCACAF region will finish with the most amount of points in the tournament? Now, there's only three of them. There's Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama. Panama are arguably the worst team in the tournament, like, or at least at the bottom with Saudi Arabia. And Panama are in a lot of freaking trouble, man. They're, they're in a really tough group. Uh, Costa Rica... Are, uh, are in a tough group as well. Now, Mexico's in a tough group, but Mexico can legitimately play with the teams and will probably win a game, draw. Meanwhile, Costa Rica and Panama are just going to be on the losing end. So as far as Mexico, Mark, I'm going to be betting Mexico minus 225 to finish with more points 
in the tournament than Costa Rica or Panama. And and I like this bet a lot. That's yeah. a good bet, Gabe. Uh, this Mexican team, I uh, was reading uh, an article on them, and they're really, really uh, close-knit group. I mean, they got a lot of veterans, a lot of youngsters, and they're really, really playing well. Uh, a lot of chemistry on this uh, on the soccer team. And it's been six times in a row they made it to the knockout round. You know, they, they do that here, it's going to get you your points. And I think you'll end up cashing your ticket. If they weren't in a tough group, like I like, I like Mexico as a dark horse. Like they're a damn, damn good soccer team, Mark. Going back to the baseball, uh, your numbers for Cole tonight and Houston against Oakland are absolutely stunning, Mark. This guy on the road, 10 and 0 in the month of June, and almost minus 225. Sounds like we have a Houston Astros parlay alert. I think you got to pair somebody up with him because he's cooking right now. And and uh, I was telling the guys, uh, Mitch and Pauly, uh, we were going to be on with them today doing baseball, but they wanted to do the soccer in the uh, in the open. You have he's the guy I would buy right now. Uh, Garrett Cole for the Cy Young in the American League at plus six hundred. He's the guy that's I think under the radar behind Verlander here, but you look at everything that he's doing, Derek Cole, I mean, Garrett Cole, uh, his fielding independent pitcher rating is number six best in major leagues this year. He was number 32 last year. And if you look at Verlander, his last six starts, he he's only lasted less than seven innings one time, or I should say he's he, less than seven innings five times. Five out of his last six starts, he hasn't made it to the seventh inning. I think Verlander's going to end up uh, taking places with Cole on that pitching staff. I think Cole will be the ace, and I think he's in the running to win the American League Cy Young. And if you're looking for a parlay tonight, I think the way to go is you take Garrett Cole parlayed uh, with the Cleveland Indians coming off a loss last night. You've got Trevor Bauer on the hill, uh, Mark, and uh, Bauer's numbers have been spectacular. You parlay the two of them together, you got plus 116. You know, if you're going to do these, you've got to be in the plus money parlays, right? So I, I'm a fan of the, the ace. And Bauer's a damn good pitcher that doesn't get the same he doesn't get the same love as, as Kluber or as Carrasco does, but he's pretty much every bit as good. He sure is. He's uh, if you look at those fielding independent power ratings I was talking about, he's top ten pitcher is Bauer here this year. So yeah. under the radar for sure. Terrific on the road. He's got a two point one seven ERA on the road, and he's nine and three in his career against the White Sox. You got to like those numbers. So tell us about the the playbook, Mark, and where people can get it. And uh, congratulations on another edition. Well, thank you. Uh, the playbook is out right now. It'll be on newsstands nationwide the end of June. Uh, we've got them in stock now at playbook.com. You can log on the website, order it up, and we'll get a copy out to you in your hands just in time for the football season. A wealth of information about every college of football team and NFL uh, team uh, as well. Playbook.com, the best preview uh, magazine out there. It's a great reference point on a weekly basis. Thanks for the time, Mark. My pleasure, guys. Enjoy the game. Be good. Mark Lawrence uh, with us. All right, we'll take a quick break. On the other side, we'll jump in. We'll start talking U.S. Open golf. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. 
Game Time Decisions. Thanks to Mark Lawrence. Great stuff. Playbook. Going to be on newsstands in a, in a couple of weeks. I prefer the magazine than digital uh, form, personally. I like the I like the feeling. I'm with you. Well, I like to have it as a reference point after the fact because obviously I'm not going to be able to remember 3,000 stats and uh, and trends. Although I'm pretty good at remembering most of them, <laughs> I actually am pretty good at uh, remembering most of them because on on a yearly basis I can I remember a lot of trends from the year before even. There's a lot of like little systems that that you know we've been playing in college uh, football for for a long time. But looking at that division and some of those win totals, I got to tell you, we're looking to pick on somebody's bad teams here, such as uh, UConn. I really don't see how UConn's going to get to four wins. And similar situation with East Carolina. I mean, UConn is three and a half, so they got to get to four. And East Carolina is uh, is at three, but. I don't see them getting the four, so at worst you would get a push. Maybe East Carolina does win three games. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, a World Cup of Soccer set to begin. Canadian Football League regular season kicks off tomorrow. And the world U.S. Open golf is uh, set to uh, tee off tomorrow morning. You said it, buddy. It's going to be a great tournament at Shinnecock. There's so many guys that are going to be in contention. Phil Mickelson close here before. Dustin Johnson still the favorite. Nobody's really talking about Spieth, Gabe. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the big guys I told you before when we get to the DraftKing lineups and the six-pack in the top ten bets. Jordan Spieth's one of the big guys I think I'm going to pick on this week. It might not be a smart move, but when I see matchup bets with Rory versus him or Jason Day versus him, those are guys I have more faith in. Dustin Johnson, for example, as well. Spieth's not in good form right now. And the one thing that he had an advantage over those guys was hitting 20-foot putts for par. And if he can't do that, he can't compete with the big boys there. That's what separated him was his short game putting. But uh, right now, he's not putting well. And that's bad news for JS. So I'd I'd take a look at the other guys for sure. Stenson can uh, three-wood this course to death. Even though it's 7,400 yards, that's what Henrik Stenson does. It's going to play kind of like a British Open-style course, too. So I think that's advantage for Henrik Stenson. He battled Phil Mickelson down the stretch. As you remember, when he got his first major, it was absolutely fantastic. And he has the mental mindset to grind out pars as well. So I think he's another guy, uh, you know, 25 to 1 that I'd look at. Now, we know that um, anyone could qualify uh, for the U.S. Open, and over 9,000 people uh, tried uh, to qualify to get uh, into this. That's a lot, buddy. That's a lot of people. The amateurs that ended up uh, getting in, they're not a lot of them, but it's an interesting uh, cast. Uh, My boy, Doug Gim. Gim. And, uh, of course, Dan Daly turned us on to Doug Gim because uh, Doug Gim is a Texas Longhorn. And uh, Gim also finished uh, with the uh, the low-am score at the Masters this year. We cashed that prop. Doug Gim is uh, in the the the, uh, the tournament by uh, by way of making the U.S. Amateur Finals last year at Riviera, and he actually finished in second place uh, last year. Doug Gim in that. Doug Gim's the real deal, guys. Um, he's going to be uh, in a couple of years. He's going to be a fixture out there. Yeah, he's going to be a player to keep your eye on on tour in a, in a couple of years. But he'll be. In a, he, I don't think he'll be overwhelmed by this either. Now, what I like about this, Cam just mentioned, this is going to be a. Um, it's sort of a links uh, style, American style links uh, course. Uh, but you look at Doug Gim, and uh, where does he play? Uh, where does he play golf? Texas. Yep. He's not afraid of uh, which any is, type of wind. Which is wind of- and links style golf out there. And you know where Doug Gim's actually from? He's from Chicago. The it's Windy the, City? It's the Windy City. 
<laughs> are you t- you like you like Gim maybe a top uh, twenty five? Imagine something like that. No, I'm be, just be, thinking huge. about Doug Gim on my uh, on my DraftKings team. Ooh. I'm gonna plug in. I, the can tell, I can tell you one thing. If you if you play the stars, yeah, yeah Gim's probably one of the cheaper. So you can really get a star studded lineup and throw Jim, Gim in there as your sixth guy. Gabe, interesting strategy. Yeah, I've got Dustin Johnson, Matt Kuchar, wow, Henrik Stenson, Tommy Fleetwood, love Fleetwood, Zach Johnson, and Doug Gim. Doug Gim. That's my uh, DK team, but um, I'm open to uh, I'm open to um, to shaking it up uh, a little bit. I was looking at Thornberry as well, actually. Thornberry played last week. He's from, um, um, old, I think he went to Old Miss. Uh, he played really well at the FedEx St. Jude game. He was an amateur. Finished 26. Yeah, yeah, he was actually on page one of the leaderboard until he took a triple bogey on the final day. Watch out for Thornberry. Chunky kid. He's got a really good game. Very good game. Uh, D- Doug Gim, as you said, too, another guy I, I really going to have. If you can make those future bets. Like, remember how uh, Rory McElroy's dad put, like, a bet on him when he was like 13 years old, my kid will win a major type of thing like that. That's something I'd look at if you could ever find those crazy specials with a guy like Doug Gim. Like he will win a PGA go to tournament. Got to go to England. To yeah, do that. those guys, yeah, they, they got a big, big menu. Big, well, they'll they'll menu. take a bet that you create in England. I like that. You can walk in and, and state something like yeah, that. My kid I, will win that. Yeah. Well, you could it. say, I think Doug Gim's going to win a major or he's going to win a PGA golf tournament or a major, whatever. They'll give you different odds. And they'll set the number. All right, these yeah. are the odds, and it has to happen in the next 10 years. So you've got five years or 10 years or, or what have you. I like that. Yeah, oftentimes, it's a big thing in England. A lot of degenerate gamblers bet on their kid. <laughs> they, they bet that their son will score a goal for England in the World okay. Cup. We'll probably hear one of these stories this year when it happens. It actually happened in the Euro. In which somebody bet. It was basically all they said is, my son will score for England in an international national game. And uh, it happened. He won like 300000 bucks. Oh, that's fantastic. There that's are great, stories of it happening. Great story. But for all those stories, I'm sure there's other stories where kids <laughs> in Manchester are getting the living shit kicked out of them by their parents. Because uh, the father bet. Father's some drunk loser who's counting on his son to make him <laughs> exactly. money. Exactly. Make the English team. All right, so Doug Gim, he's an amateur. He's in. Harry Ellis. Harry. Harry Ellis won the amateur uh, last year uh, over uh, Dylan Perry. Harry Ellis plays at uh, Florida State. Sounds like a 90210 episode. Harry Ellis and Dylan and what the hell's going on here? Soap opera names. He played at the Masters, and it didn't go well for him. He got got rocked. He put an 86 up on the board at, uh, at Augusta. Now, this next, uh, this next uh, amateur player, to me, is probably the most... There's a few interesting ones. The Noah Goodwin, Goodwin kid is unbelievable, 17 years old. That's incredible that you're in the U.S. Open. But uh, this story is interesting, actually. Um, and I'm surprised it's not getting more, more push, actually, from the hockey types. Garrett Rank. You know Garrett Rank. Garrett Rank is actually a linesman in the National Hockey League. Wow. Canadian. He's a referee, linesman, slash. He's a referee, linesman in the National Hockey League. Uh, But uh, he's an aspiring golfer. He's played on the Canadian National Golf Team uh, before. He's played uh, several professional uh, events uh, before, and he actually qualified uh, as an amateur. Yeah, I'm looking at his name right now. 1,000 to 1, Gabe. 1,000 to 1 in there with all the other amateurs like Harry Ellis and... 
Uh, actually, Gim's not even there. He's like way higher than that. This is what I always say. He's 500 to 1. This is what I always say, though, about NHL referees. They're by far the best athletes of all the referees. Well, they have the amount they have to owe for the skating and yeah. keeping up with the bat. Yeah, There's no right. baseball umpire yeah. that's playing at the U.S. Open. NFL NFL referees, referees are old. Yeah, they don't move very quick. They're all sixty-six years old, right. over sixty-three years old. The NBA, there's a few, few in good shape. NBA, NBA yeah. yeah, the NBA, I would say they're in decent shape, okay. but yeah. not like hockey linesmen around. We don't see you know the same athletic like like NHL referees and linesmen. They're actually good athletes. Like these guys were good hockey players before. Oh, stuff. they all played, they like, all played major at like the lowest level. Like WHL. Or they were great skaters, yeah. or they weren't great hockey players, but they were great skaters their whole life. Like the and the NHL is the only one as well that has physical um, physical tests every year. It's like you know, like once you're a major league baseball umpire, you can weigh 380 pounds. It's true. And you're part of the union. Joe, Joe and West. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah all these guys. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have to. They're in, they're in, you're in. And it's like, well, I'm not even really running anyways. But, there's no well, you'd probably be able to get to the line faster if you weren't, like, a big blob out there. You know, it, it got a little bit better only because, yeah. um, you know, Buddy had a heart attack and died on the field. That's right. Right. Those hot summer days with that gear on. You had Eric Gregg who was a big guy. So, you know, Major League Baseball was conscious of it. And also it was the players. It's it's tougher. It's tougher for an umpire to to get in the face of players if he's a big fat blob. Yeah, yeah. They it's just like, look at you. How do I? Yeah, exactly. It just yeah. is. Yep, I agree. You know what I mean? Like I know a guy on the Philadelphia Flyers who told me it was a problem with Hitchcock. Yeah, because he looks like they said he Paul got. Bear. Yeah, he told huge. me that he got stuck once in the in the hot tub. Like, he couldn't get out. Like, they needed, like, staff to get him out. Wow. And he's all like, you know, and you got this guy yelling at us. He's like, this guy can't even get out of a hot tub. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, and they're all like, they're all like, like, and this guy's yeah. telling us we don't work hard enough. Yeah, he's, he was morbidly at beast. They started shooting pucks at him in practice and stuff. <laughs> really? Wow. That's crazy. This is very immature of an NHL team to do this. It is. But... but- not well. They all shoot pucks at people. Like they do. The Canadian shot pucks at Claude Julian. It's their. It's, it's a hockey. It's a dick thing to do, but it's a little. You played hockey. It's yeah. the. It's just sending a message. Listen, you better shut, shut up, up because I can just let a puck rip and hit you in the face with a puck if you want, if you don't shut up right now. So they'll send little messages, but it got so bad with Hitchcock in Philadelphia. Um, that they actually took the air. They slashed one of his tires. The players. <laughs> That's unbelievable. The players on the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. Slashed their coach's tire. Slashed a tire. And I asked, why in the hell would you slash a tire of, a, of the coach? And they said, because we wanted to see him actually do something and see if he would change his own tire. And he he, he called Triple A. He did. Oh, he changed the tire. He did. Wow. They said it's caught. <laughs> I thought you said he was going to call Triple A. <laughs> we should know that yeah. everybody got traded from that team. No, they sure did. Like, that was the team. They were out of control. And I should note that the guy that told me these stories. They partied their asses off. The guy that, that told me these stories isn't exactly like a. Uh, Clean living individual? Yeah, like a model teammate. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know a lot of those guys on the Flyers team. I think this guy actually might have actually won a freaking Stanley Cup on another team, actually, too. Like, it was, it's almost criminal. To Kings? Be honest, to be honest. But, uh, 
Yeah, like players and coaches and stuff, man. And, man, craziest story ever, man, in hockey right now. You think the Colangelo burner account stuff is nuts. Eric Carlson in, in Ottawa and Mike Hoffman is the craziest story ever. As Eric Carlson's the star defenseman, great defenseman. Very popular player in Ottawa. Best in the league. Hasn't left. Could have left. His bitch. Never bitches. You know what I mean? Could have bitched. Doesn't bitch. Big popular guy in the community. And uh, yeah, he looks like James Bond or something. Kind of like, does. He's got that uh, movie star look. I'm heterosexual, but I'll yeah. say, yeah. He's, he's a, a good looking man. Yeah. You're allowed to say it. He's a, yeah. He's a good looking man. Like he's a he's a hero in the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Women love him. They he think looks he's good. He's a yes. good guy. Guys like him because he's a great player. Women <laughs> like him because they think he's good looking. He's got a smoking wife. Yeah, all right. Total package. A smoke show wife. Um,. So they had, um, she was pregnant, and they announced she was pregnant. But unfortunately, if you remember, during the hockey season, um, the baby died during, right. during uh, birth. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, our condolences. So the baby passed away during birth. And um, Eric Carlson went on online on Facebook and stated, uh, thank you to all the support thanks to all the kind words and you know what i mean it'll 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 be with me and my wife forever but among it was um uh, why don't you tell people how your wife pops painkillers all the time and uh maybe that's why the the kid died and then goes off and with really heinous type things about being happy that the baby died and about how maybe carlson uh, one day carlson will get his legs broken and his career will be over all right, and then it turns out there's 1,000 negative and insane messages about Eric Carlson and his wife, and it turns out allegedly that it's his teammate's fiance, Mike Hoffman's fiance, is a nut job on Twitter and on Facebook and has burner accounts, and was mocking Eric Carlson's son dying. Now. They got a restraining order, and it's passed just while it's accusations because the Ottawa police bought in and did their own investigation and gave the restraining order. So, like, Mike Hoffman's girlfriend can't, or Hoffman, they can't Can't go go near the Carlsons. Or online can't talk about them type of deal. There's a a restraining order up. So Hoffman's denying it. Says it's 150% not true, but I can't say anything about this. It's freaking bizarre. But I brought this up I want to join the Colangelo stuff that this is just something that we're going to see more and more of in this modern era of burner accounts. You think Colangelo is the only freaking one? All kind of like Kevin Durant. Durant we yeah. talked about but Durant. Of, retweet, retweet. All right, Durant seems harmless now. Yeah. I mean, Durant was basically would retweet things like Russell Westbrook would miss a shot at an end of a game. And, of course, the Internet would have a picture yeah. of Russell Westbrook missing the shot. Kevin Durant would like it. Yeah. Thumbs up. Like he wasn't saying, I hope that Russell, I hope that Russ gets his legs broken and his career ends. Kevin Durant was like thumbs upping and retweeting playful stuff, negative stuff about other players or Oklahoma City. He went off. Why the hell would Kevin stay there? He sort of defended himself. You know what I mean? It's like what people have said he's a sellout and he would say, I was in Oklahoma City. He was there and he dealt with Westbrook. Whatever, Kevin Durant doesn't like Westbrook. It's juvenile. It's pathetic. It's not malicious. It's stupid. 
like if I was Westbrook, yeah. I wouldn't like to rant. I think yeah. you're a chump. You're a grown man. Let's exactly. say if you have a problem with me, why don't you just tweet it out yourself? Exactly. Just tweet it out. Yeah. You're, you're hiding you behind a fake burner. Account. I agree. This but, other stuff is malicious. But look, Hassan Whiteside ripping the Miami Heat. Remember Hassan Whiteside, yep. his playing time went down late in the season. And it was no secret. He got into it with everybody. And Hassan Whiteside's a nut job, and he's scary. So he got in front of the room. He started freaking out, like, scaring people. So turns out he had a burner account. Everybody's got Spolster one. Spolster doesn't know what the hell he's doing with playing time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just one of those type of deals. So there's a million burner accounts out there. And we're going we're gonna to hear more and more stories about this. And now, but it's weird that it's a teammate, and it's a teammate's girlfriend, it's malicious. It's so evil. And there's too. no real reason for it either. It's not like, oh, they both, there's a feud or something. No one really understands. It's just bizarre. And the other thing is, Mike Hoffman's actually good. He's their leading scorer. I know. He's one of the best players on the team next to Carlson. Yeah, so it's weird. I look at this like there's probably jealousy. I, it's like a jealousy issue between Hoffman. To accuse a chick, though, who's pregnant of pill popping and stuff? Like that between takes it Hoffman up and. Because he's got to be in on it. And he's engaged to her. Before, it's just the girlfriend, yeah. so he's raising it up a notch. Long story short, they're going to got to get rid of Hoffman. Yeah, you're right. Because between Carlson and Hoffman, you're gone. And I, there's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to want this guy now. Dude, he's got a crazy, and he's marrying the chick. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Want a chance to win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game? Go to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. You'll find a link to free DFS baseball contest every day. Contests are sponsored by DKMS or looking for your help in a fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, but 70%, nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help and play free DFS contest with a shot of winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Go to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. That's DailyRoto.com slash DKMS. And uh, we'll get to some DFS uh, after. Cam's got a couple of uh, golf uh, lineups. Got some baseball lineups. Baseball, golf, tomorrow CFL. We'll put a CFL lineup together for the openers. What about some World Cup? Are we going to put a, are we going to put, uh, actually the games will be over. We can't do that. Could do it for the the, the following day after, yeah. but eh. nah, you know what? I already give <laughs> enough crappy uh, DFS lineups out. I really don't uh, see I, what my I, soccer lineups I, I will be able to do. My pitcher had a, he had one bad in, inning last night and uh, that's you pay the price. You give up a big jack and that's the way it goes for John Gray. He got 10 strikeouts though, but uh, it's the earned runs I don't like. Dustin Johnson, uh, the odds are changing right now. Uh, Dustin Johnson's the major favorite uh, here. And uh, generally, favorites never seem to win these stupid tournaments. 
No, the U.S. Open. Uh, but uh, it's, this yeah. game's just so, so tailor-made for this course. We know he's playing well coming off the wind. Now, for the record, nobody's ever won a PGA uh, event and then went on to win the U.S. Open the following a week uh, before. Yeah, I guess that's got to happen. Uh, Sometime, yeah. It's yeah. not really enough to, to say, oh, I can't take him because <laughs> of that. If you like him, you like him. But you're not getting a lot of value here. No, you're not. You're getting Dustin Johnson at 8 or 9 to 1 at best, and then you get the likes of Justin Thomas, who can hit it a ton too. Pound per pound, he's the biggest hitter on the tour. He's a string bean, but he murders the ball, also plays well at U.S. Opens, 14 to 1. Rory McIlroy, a lot of people think he's due at 14 to 1. He'll be able to overpower this course as well. I think he's really in a good situation here. The question, can Rory hit those putts? Very inconsistent on the greens. Jordan Spieth, I talked to you about. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go anywhere near... Uh... I, I, I wouldn't go anywhere near Rory. I don't trust I, him. I, I trust Rory more than Speed this week, but uh, that's... I don't I don't want any part of Speed either. Yeah, I, I don't like Speed more. I'm not uh, discounting them. No, no. It's, if, he, hey, if Jordan Speed's there, it wouldn't shock you. I'm just not going to take him at 16-1. to 1. Uh, His current form's not good enough at that price. Justin Rose, a lot of people like at 16-1. to 1. For me, that's not enough. He'll, he will play consistent. He's a very good head. He's He's got a great head. He puts the ball in play. Also, Justin Rose now uh, eleven to one 11, at uh, wow. eleven to one at mybookie.ag. Justin Thomas now fifteen to one. Jason Day fifteen to one. Dustin Johnson, the money continues to come in on him at the seven to one. Rory still uh, fourteen to one. Jordan Spieth now seventeen to one, which it's actually rare you're going to get Jordan Spieth true in this uh, in this price range. Uh, but I'm still not pulling the trigger, buddy. I don't. I, I. I can't take him. I just. There's something about uh, Jordan Speed this week. Uh, I'm going to avoid compared to the big guys. Ricky Fowler is. You know what? Ricky Fowler can do this. He's plus sixteen fifty uh, right now. Ricky Fowler's averaged a uh, fifth place finish in the last five years in the U.S. Open. Doesn't really mean that much, only because they play at a different course on a yearly basis. But it does prove that in what is supposed to be the toughest challenge, so to speak, that he meets the test. He's knocking on the door. He is. He just got engaged. I don't know. Maybe if the, you know if there's ever a time that he's actually going to win a major, this this might be his time. I'm not anti. I usually don't bet on Ricky Fowler, and I'm no golf expert, but from a DFS perspective, I know that he's never won a damn major before. So no, I don't no. need to be an expert to know that. You don't. <laughs> but he, yeah, and, and he's won, he's won. Uh, you know the TPC Sawgrass, the players. Uh, he's been close before. The thing about that year, Gabe. Just a, a couple years removed when Ricky Fowler finished top five in, like, all the majors. So, yeah, you say, like, he does play his best golf in the toughest tournaments. He just hasn't been able to close the door. But a lot of people like him this week. I think from a DFS perspective, he's cheaper than some other guys, too. But, uh, nah, I don't know, man. 16, I need a little bit more for Fowler because he hasn't done it before. John Rahm is 18-1, to 1, and I look forward to Dan Daly's take on uh, John Rahm. We know that John Rahm has the game for this. Does he have the temperament, uh, though? Uh, to get through this uh, for for four days, Tiger Woods is now eighteen to one. And I tell you what, a lot of people, a lot of DFS uh, guys like Tiger Woods this week, and a lot of people in the betting world like Tiger Woods uh, this week. I am not one of them. Only, and I know he's playing well, but there's not enough signs for me to buy in on this tough course. And quite frankly, I just have a hard time believing that he'll be able to play well consistently for four straight days here. Exactly. That's that's that You hit the nail he'll on the head. He'll probably have like a Tiger nice Woods round. Right he'll, he'll, have two he'll, have, he'll have like six or eight holes where yeah. the internet's going to blow up. Oh my God, God, he's dropping birdies. Then bogey, bo- yeah, down but the stretch. There's going to be a time there, you know, Saturday morning or something, or Sunday morning where, ah, that back just starts to, uh, you Gabe, know. He's got a, f- people don't know, fused. 
it's a fused back. It's like, oh, not just I can pop a couple like Motrens. Like the guy's got a fused back. So once he starts playing, and you know what I mean, when you're taking hard swings, and Tiger Woods was one of the most violent swingers. It's 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 science. I'm telling you. Yes, he should. He might finish. You know, top ten. He has the potential to win. But I'm not taking Tiger Woods as like the seventh betting favorite on the board. That's what I talk about. I will take Tiger Woods. We're not against him. But I'm not taking a guy like 18, 20 to one when he should be 35 or 40. Like there's guys out there. Brendan Grace. Well, you can get Stenson at 30 30 to 1. Yes, Henrik Stenson at 30 to 1 instead of Tiger Woods at 18 to 1. Like, come on, man. Henrik Stenson, I'll tell you too, in the DFS hour, if you want to take a look at Henrik Stenson, Gabe, I'm going to blow you away with like, have you seen this guy's current form too? Fourth, fifth, sixth, like every single tournament. He's on page one of the leaderboard, plus winning an open championship similar to Shinnecock. The way he can hit that three wood with power directly straight and stay out of trouble. I'm telling you, I really like Stenson this week. Um, Craig uh, Craig Martin's uh, tuning in, a um, a loyal listener. We yeah. appreciate it, to Thanks, Craig. Craig. He's also a very loyal Tiger, Tiger Woods uh, fan time. as well. He's asking about uh, about Grace. What do you think about Grace? I like Grace a lot. Uh, he's going to be in the betting six pack. He's also on. Uh, I did two DFS lineup on DraftKings, a double up lineup and a tournament lineup. Uh, I love Brendan Grace. Uh, I got him at 40 to 1. Some sites, maybe you can get him at 45. He loves the Open Championship. He loves the U.S. Open. He loves really tough tests of golf. Also sneaky long. He can get it out there. And he's very consistent. Has the great mindset too, Gabe. He's not going to get rattled after like one bad hole and turn uh, a bogey into a triple or quad, which uh, that's what I'm kind of worried about John Rahm. I really like John Rahm this week, but we'll talk to Dan about that. I like what you said because can he handle the battle of the U.S. Open and grinding out pars because he's an emotional guy. But I love Brendan Grace this week. He's in my betting six pack. Ricky Fowler. We're talking about Ricky Fowler. He has eight. An incredible yeah, eight. It's, it, I told you, you guys, amazing in majors. Eight top five finishes in majors are tied for fourth. Fourth most by any player without a win since the, the first Masters was held in 1934. So he's starting to get into that territory now where it's 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 all make you got to win now, Ricky. You got to break through. Yeah, now now it's just going to be talked about, and it is being talked about uh, right now. For the record, the other players uh, with the most top five uh, finishes in uh, majors without a win: Westwood eleven, wow, Harry Cooper ten, and Jay Haas nine. Jay Haas. I wouldn't have imagined that Jay Haas uh, had that many top five finishes no, in Jay, majors. Jay Haas is a good golfer. Yeah, his son uh, Bill. Is two hundred to one in this tournament. I know. And uh, this is an interesting stat here. Dustin Johnson is thirty-three years old. Is currently older than Tiger Woods was when Tiger won his last major championship. Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. That's very interesting. I just I I find it. Uh, Tiger Woods. He's a little bit older now. You know, forty-two years old. You're going up against guys who hit. Three irons, 300-plus yards. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, I'm watching. Like Dustin. you said, maybe the British Open is the one. That, that's uh, that's where I like Tiger. Yeah, I think Tiger could be really creative at the Open Championship. But the best major players, and this goes back to 2016. So, you know, we have some. Like, uh, you know, some guys are really, really good at certain courses. Specifically, Spieth so much at the Masters. Yes. But um, the, best, the best cumulative score to par in major tournaments since 2016 Henrik Stenson mm. is actually the highest at minus uh, 24. Consistent. Brooks Kepka minus him. 21. Watch out for him. Jordan Spieth, minus 20. And a player that nobody's really talking about coming into this week, Hideki Matsuyama, minus 12. 
And I believe he's got a couple of runner-up, runner-ups actually. And uh, hasn't he finished uh, second in the U.S. Open before, or, uh, or a major? I, uh, another yeah, major. major. Not, I don't think at a U.S. Open. I know he has a couple top fives. Gabe, he's twenty-eight to one. Uh, uh, the problem with the Decky Matsuyama, he's actually really not playing great golf this year. He's he's hasn't made some cuts. He's been really inconsistent. I got to be honest with you. When he was on that roll, when he was winning tournaments, I was thinking this guy is going to be a top three player in the world. Well, he's actually regressed. And you're not going to see him uh, just barely ahead of Brandon Grace at like 28, 30 to 1. I don't like him this week because you know what the problem is, buddy? U.S. Open putting, what does Hideki do? He misses a lot of four and five footers, man. He still hasn't got his putting down. You, you can't do that. At the U.S. Open, it'll kill you. Great ball striker, though. And what what uh, what is amazing about um, about uh, some of the symmetry here with Tommy Fleetwood? Love Fleetwood too. So the average age, well, you can't love everybody, can you? I only know. pick a few guys. I got six. No, but every guy you you mentioned, Grace Fleetwood, Stenson, sold. Those are those are the guys. The average average age of the last seven U.S. Open winners is twenty six point nine years old. So we're you know we're talking about Tiger Woods not being able to get through four four rounds. Phil Mickelson, uh, an older an older guy right now. The U.S. Open, it seems to me, this is the test of uh, test of strength, uh, so to speak, in which you've got younger winners here. Average age of the last uh, seven U.S. Opens, twenty six point nine years old. All right, uh, the average uh, world rank of the last seven U.S. Uh, Open winners is twelfth. Uh, Who's the twelfth ranked player in the world uh, right now? Tommy Fleetwood. How old is Tommy Fleetwood? 28? He's 27. So it's amazing. The average rank of the last seven U.S. Open winners is 12, 12. and the average age is 26.9, 27 years old, while Tommy Fleetwood is ranked 12th, and Tommy Fleetwood is 27 years old. And he's also $8,100 on DraftKings, which is so your winner, steal. Your winner of the 2018 U.S. Open is Tommy Fleetwood. There are no lies. And uh, there'll be a lot of uh, cocaine and straws. I like Just you. like uh, Stevie Nicks. Tommy Fleetwood wins the U.S. Open. Love that pick, Gabe. He's, uh, he's definitely in the six-pack. I know I say I love, love a lot of guys, but I love six more than others. And uh, Fleetwood <laughs> is uh, definitely. What are you looking at, Fleetwood? 35, 40 to 1? Fleetwood now at mybookie.ag is 39 to 1. 39 to 1 it's, for it, Tommy Fleetwood. You have to put money on it. You have to put money well, on I'm it. I'm going to. Good. More um, top 10, too. Um, it keeps creeping down because Fleetwood was in the 50 to 1 range. Then he was hovering around 45. Now it's starting to dip down. I wouldn't be surprised if it settles in around 35 or so. But listen, I've been going. I've been going to the well with Fleetwood uh, quite a bit. He's a great player. Um, his game is uh, well suited uh, for this course. And I, you know, I'm gonna. I'm a trend better in a sense, or I believe in the data, and I like the sounds of this a lot. <laughs> the oh, average no, it's average age of the last seven U.S. Open winners is 27 years old. He's 27 years old. The average rank of the last seven U.S. Open winners is 12th. Well, he's ranked 12th. Tommy Fleetwood, too, is coming in a little bit under the radar. He's finished outside the top uh, 25 three times. But listen to this one, Gabe. He was fourth at last year's U.S. Open, too. Um, and I think Shinnecock is really, really good for his game, too. And he's a very patient man. That's the thing about Tommy Fleetwood. He doesn't do crazy stuff out there. He just lets it flow. 
great field guy. And I'll tell you, I at 40 to 1, I think, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely do a top 10 bet for more units and then uh, sprinkle on him winning the tournament. The, the numbers, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I think he's definitely a top five candidate in this tournament, and he will be bet. And uh, a last uh, interesting uh, stat here, courtesy of Justin Ray. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson have the exact same number of top 10 finishes in majors. 38. Oh, uh, yeah, but it's, wow. Unbelievable. You got to hand it to Phil, too. And the last time he played at Shinnecock, he got really co- uh, close. They're talking about the Corsos. Well, no, the Corsos owes you nothing in golf. You know what? You're going to get some breaks and you're going to get some bad breaks. But if I had a matchup bet, Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods, and I'd get, I'd get uh, money, I, I, I would take Phil, Gabe. I, I think Phil will be hovering around the top 10 in the tournament. I'm not sure if he's going to – I don't think he's going to win, but I definitely think he's going to be on uh, page two of the leaderboard. I like Phil Mickelson this week, too, to do well. Uh, Jimmy Walker is a player uh, flying under the radar. You Lyme, get some uh, fat odds. Yeah, Lyme disease. He's over it now, and uh, if you take a look at his last four 80 events, to 1. He's been doing really uh, – since he's uh, fought the Lyme disease, he's starting to get top 15s and 20s in his uh, resume. Jimmy Walker hits also a very, very big ball striker. People don't know that about him. He hits it a country mile. He'll be fine. Nope. I'm just not going to bet him, though. I can't bet everyone. Head-to-head matchups uh, that are up right now at mybookie.ag. We've got uh, Justin Rose, minus 145 against Justin Thomas. I would take Thomas there as a so, dog. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I think Justin Thomas is very good. You're giving me plus 125 on Justin Thomas uh, against Rose. I'm in. Dustin Johnson's minus 150 versus Rory McIlroy. Rory's plus 130. Dustin Johnson's minus 150 versus Jason Day. Jason Day's plus 130. I like Jason Day. Rory McIlroy, minus 115 versus Justin Thomas, minus 105. Very tough. Justin Rose, minus 125 versus Ricky Fowler, plus 105. I think I'd go with Fowler there, plus 105. I'm going to take a shot with Fowler as a dog. Dustin Johnson, minus 150 versus Ricky Fowler, plus 130. Jason Day, minus 105. Ricky Fowler, minus 115. Tough. Not going to force that one. Here are the Spieth, uh, some Spieth props. Yeah, here uh, we props. go. Here we go. Spieth is minus 125 versus Henrik Stenson. Stenson. Stenson's plus a 105. Jordan Spieth is minus 125 versus Hideki Matsuyama. Don't want to tie. If it was, uh, see, that's that's a good matchup. No, I'm going to pass. Jordan Spieth is minus 135 versus Tiger Woods. Interesting. Feels a little light. No, that does feel light. I have a lean to speed there. Kind of like speed at minus one thirty-five to I, finish ahead of Tiger Woods. I do, I do. And here's another one too that looks a little light. John Rahm minus one thirty-five to finish ahead of Tiger Woods. Oh, all right. ding, 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 ding. You hit it, Marenzi. I'm all over it. I will lay thirty-five cents with Rahm over Woods in a matchup bet. Definitely, that'd be a big play. Yeah, we're going to be upsetting Craig Martin right uh, now. That's but, okay, Craig. We, but we just yeah, talked yeah. about it. You look at the average age here, Craig of. Um, of U.S. Open winners. It's it's a grueling test. It's a tougher test, the U.S. Open. It's a young man's game. It is. Those guys bomb it. Tiger Woods. I, listen, he still hits it big, but I, he's I, older. I, I sincerely doubt. If you played both John Rahm, minus 135 to beat Tiger Woods, and Jordan Spieth, minus 135 to Tiger Woods. You went both, I think. I really doubt you're going 0-2. Worse 1-1, but most likely 2-0. I like these bets a lot. Play them. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Dan Daly will join us. Man, we've talked more golf and more soccer on this show in the last uh, two days than we've had in like the last three years. years. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be a great tournament, though. That's the. It's it's going to be really difficult. Dustin Johnson at eight to one, though. Like I'm just saying, there's a lot of horses in this race, Gabe. And the one thing I like to look at is players that are similar. I'm take, like Jason Day to me at eighteen to one versus Dustin Johnson at eight to one. I say it before they almost have the exact same game, and then Jason Day when he when he c- catches fire putting, he's he's on fire. So I see a lot of line value with him, and a lot of people aren't talking about him. He's not being mentioned in you know the eight to one range. He's the guy can, when he catches fire, he's like he's almost unstoppable. I'm taking Day. I think he can with his distance rip apart this course as well. 18-1 to 1 is a good price for a world-class player like him with two wins on the season and multiple top tens. I love him. All right, so Spenny Mack, uh, our boy Spenny Mack, is uh, the king of these uh, large-ass uh, parlays. And, uh, yeah, this one, wow. This one, really, he's swinging for the fences. He's going it. for it, Gabe. <laughs> How many guys are in it? Lots. <laughs> I'm getting ready to write. No, it there's only there's there's. Uh, I'm just looking at how much it actually pays. I had a hard time adding up the the money. It's so much. He bet fourteen hundred dollars. Okay, fourteen hundred dollars, and um, it's to make the cut slash miss the cut. So okay. it's it's miss and miss. Yeah. All right. So uh, Graham McDowell miss misses the cut. He says Graham McDowell misses the cut. Cameron Smith misses the cut. Interesting. Aaron Wise misses the cut. Really hot player. Xander Shifley misses the cut. Jason Day makes the cut. Yes, he does. Justin Rose makes the cut. Brendan Grace makes the cut. I love those. Danny Willett misses Misses the cut. Willett's not even on the radar. $1,400 $1,400 pays back $109,000. Sorry, repeat that? $1,400 yes. pays back $109,992. That's amazing. Out of his guys, will it? I love. Grace will make the cut, yes. Justin Rose, I'm on. Day, I'm on. Shifley, question mark. Aaron Wise, great golfer, not an experience in the U.S. Open. I agree, Spenny Mack. Cameron Smith, great young talent, but uh, I, I lean that way. Graham McDowell, the guy hasn't been a, a factor in years. So really, I Gabe, when I break down this, I really like his make-the-cut guys. I agree 100%, and Danny Willett. Like for me, Day to make the cut, Rose to make the cut, Grace to make the cut, and Willett not to make the cut to me are stone-cold locks. 
The other ones, I think, can... There, there's a bit, bit of risk involved, obviously. It's so parlay. to repeat his parlay, if you want to get in on this, it is um, it is it's Justin Rose to make the cut, Jason Day to make the cut, Brendan Grace to make the cut, Danny Willett, no. No, not cut. Graham McDowell, no. Cameron Smith, no. No. Aaron Wise, yet. <laughs> uh, Xander uh, Shifley. Donuts. No. No. I worry about Shifley, Gabe. He's he's a really good golfer, but we'll see what happens. I, I love the way Spenny Mac goes for the fences. Like It's that. basically like a 100-to-1 parlay or so in that range. It is. Yeah, no, it, it, it pays over $100,000. For me, I would do the same parlay with Day to make the cut, Rose to make the cut, Grace to make the cut, Will it not to make the cut? But then that thing would only be about 20 to 1 instead of 100 to 1. But that's something I would definitely play if you wanted to do right, Spenny Mac Parley Jr. There are a million options out here. 72-hole matchup betting head-to-head. Cantlay versus Simpson. Finau versus Walker. Leishman versus Oosthuizen. Thomas versus Rose. Day versus Fowler. Mickelson versus Grace. Reed versus Casey. Woods versus Kepka. Ooh, yes, yes. Look, at, yes. look at, at Brooks Kepka. I just put a star beside that one. A big fat star. Brooks Kepka is very consistent. He loves the U.S. Open. I think he's a contender. minus minus one ten against Tiger Woods. Sold. Brooks Kepka. Sold. Gabe. Sold. 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 So it seems like the only golf props we like is betting against Tiger in every head-to-head matchup we can find, <laughs> and the occasional Spieth matchup too. I'm fading. I'm fading. Sp- Spieth and some so you've got Spieth versus John Rom. I like Rom. I'll take Rom over Spieth. I know that one might not be. Deschambeau versus Fleetwood. I like Fleetwood. Fleetwood's an underdog Fleet. at plus one hundred five against Deschambeau. Yeah, that's another. That gets another. Garcia start. versus Kucher. Matsuyama versus Stenson's tough. Molinari. No, no, no. What's, what's Stenson and Matsuyama? What's the odds? Sten- Stenson's best pick up minus oh. one ten. Stenson's uh, there. I got it right there over Matsuyama. Perfect. Gabe, I love Fleetwood at plus 105 over DeChambeau. I love Brooks Kepka, pick him over Tiger Woods, and I love Stenson over Matsuyama. Sign me up with my three-head matchup bets right there. I love them. we got to pick them, pick them odds, and Fleetwood's getting five cents. All right, uh, so let's talk. We'll get back to the yeah, golf uh, a little bit later in a few sure. minutes. Dan Daly's going to join us uh, around 6.30 Eastern time or so. Uh, from Dallas, Texas, VegasInsider.com's Dan Daly, one of the best golf handicappers in North America. Um, let's just talk uh, about some of these uh, World Cup uh, parlays uh, right now if you guys want to get in on these. So uh, these are pretty much uh, these are our top plays after uh, everything's said and done, and we've, we're going to add a couple of more. Uh, but this is um, to, uh, to qualify. Group qualification. I hate repeating the word qualification over and over. Not to qualify. To qualify. I hate saying it. How about advance? Yes. We'll use the word advance. Even though the the sports book. They like qualify. They're using qualification. Some use advance. But we're going to use the term advance here. All right. For simplicity's sake. So let's start off with with a. uh, Yeah. I like advance. Let's start off with a five-team banger here right now. It's a five-team parlay. Will Saudi Arabia advance out of the first round of the World Cup? No, 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 not unless they give up all their oil to the referees. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> will Panama, yeah. will Panama oh, advance to the yeah. next round? No. no Not unless they give up all their women <laughs> to the referees. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Will Costa Rica advance no, into the next round? No. This one's a little trickier. Costa Rica could actually, they could score some uh, goals, right? No, can't they, they can't. No, they, they, can't give up, score. they give up goals? No. No? No, neither can. No, but they lost to Belgium 4-1. to one. They lost to Belgium 4-1. <laughs> to one. Let me just get, see, I let you talk during the golf. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Unless you're actually going to add something besides yes. No. Costa Rica, no. Cam says, go, Costa Rica can <laughs> score goals, right? I'm like, no, they don't score at all. They want to play nil-nil games, and they give up a lot of goals. No, they play defensive, and they have the best goalie in the world. Sounds great. All right. But they're not going to advance. No. Iran is not going to advance. And South Korea is not going to advance. Now, this is from, you know, we're going with just sort of logic in this. And basically, you know, we can tell you why in each group what the difficulty is going to be. Uh, here. Now we start off with uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is in a group with Russia, Egypt, and Uruguay. Russia are the home side. They're they're not very good. They're you know they're average. Um, they could get through though. Uruguay are world class and are legitimate uh, contenders to go far in this tournament. So Uruguay are getting through. Russia is the other favorite to get through, but if they don't, it's going to be Egypt. Saudi Saudi Arabia are arguably the the lowest ranked team in the entire tournament. All right, um, they're not advancing. It's just you know they've got like a six percent chance computer wise of advancing. They're minus twelve hundred not to qualify, buddy. That tells you forty to one to win the group. That's bad. Yeah. So then we move into Panama not advancing. Panama might be the worst team or amongst the worst coming out of the Concacaf region here. The problem with Panama is they're in a really, really tough group. Belgium are, like, one of the favorites to win the damn tournament. England are underachievers, but not underachievers enough to choke to Tunisia and Panama. And even if somehow Belgium or England just completely collapsed, it wouldn't be Panama. It would be Tunisia uh, that would get in. Um, You know, Tunisia are better than Panama are. Uh, Costa Rica, you know, Costa Rica are a decent soccer uh, side. They really are. And they actually advanced to the quarterfinals in 2014. But their problem is they play in a group with Brazil. They're not beating Brazil. Their problem is they're in a group with Switzerland. Switzerland have, uh, haven't lost in 15 matches. All right, the Swiss can play soccer. They're a tough European side, Switzerland. Serbia. Serbia are good. All right, Costa Rica is, like, in extremely tough. They're not going to be able to get through this just like being like nil-nil late in games because that's that's what they want to do Cam. bet on the unders of, of costa rica games costa rica serbia is going under the number um basically every one of these games going to be going under the number in this in this group in group e except when they play brazil they're all sort of defensive-minded uh, thinking teams uh iran's not uh getting through south korea is not getting through so to recap we've got saudi arabia no panama no Costa Rica, no. Iran, no. South Korea, no. $300 pays $541 back. I like it. We played uh, to win the group. To win. Two, two, uh, Two-team parlay to win the group. Brazil to win the group. Uh, Brazil needs to win a group against Switzerland, Costa Rica, and uh, Serbia. All these other teams are good, but none of them are better than Brazil. 
like Serbia aren't beating Brazil. Costa Rica aren't beating Brazil. Switzerland can hang with Brazil. But lose. And all the other teams will sort of battle with each other for the most part. You know, with Costa Rica not getting goal differentials, they don't score enough. They're going to get screwed Costa Rica, even if they tie a bunch of games and try to squeeze through. Uh, so Brazil's going to win the group. Germany's in a tough group with Mexico, Sweden, South Korea. But Germany are just on another level than everybody. And it's going to be a battle between Mexico and Sweden. Uh, Germany will win the group. Brazil will win the group. It's minus 140, Brazil and Germany, to win the group. It's not bad at all. No, that's very good. All right, so here's here's another one. Will uh, Saudi Arabia advance? No. Will Spain advance? Yes. Will France advance? Yes. Will Brazil advance? Yes. Will Germany advance? Yes. Will Belgium advance? Yes. Will Colombia advance? Yes. Will Argentina advance? Yes. Plus 102. That's a pretty nice, comfortable, safe one as well. I think I'm missing. So I got Saudi, no. France, yes. Brazil, yes. You missed Spain, Spain, yes. And Spain, yes. Okay, perfect. Saudi Arabia, no. All the rest, Spain, yes. yes. France, yes. Brazil, yes. Germany, yes. Belgium, yes. Colombia, yes. Argentina, yes. Perfect. Plus 105? Yeah. Okay. We bet Uruguay 300 to win 500 to win the group against Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Russia. Uruguay are the second-ranked team in South America. They played in a murderer's row gauntlet, man, of Argentina, you know. Chile? Chile, Peru. You go down the list. Argentina, Brazil, you know, uh, Colombia. Colombia, The the, the, the big boys, you know what I mean? And if they're the second-ranked team there, you got to think, if there's no collusion, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Russia aren't even in these guys' league. No, no. Uruguay should win all three games. Like they're gonna they're gonna win the group. Uruguay's gonna win the group. All right. Uh, now we get into uh, another. This is one of the, the the safer ones here. Okay. Will Uruguay advance? Yes. Will Iran advance? No. Oh. Will France advance? Yes. <laughs> Will Argentina go on? Yes. Will Brazil move on? Yes. Will Germany move on? Yes. Will Belgium move on? Yes. It's uh, plus 100. Nice. Pretty comfortable as well. Yeah, I, I like these because, yeah, like they're, you just look at them, two out of the four advance, and you have to look at the quality of uh, sides that we have. All I these like parlays it. are essentially what, what Team Conflict Diamond uh, was. Now, this next one is this is the only one in which we – you can't state it's ultra safe. It's plus 700, this one. This one, $200, pays $1,466. Will Uruguay qualify? Yes. Will Portugal qualify? Yes. Will Argentina qualify? Yes. Will France qualify? Yes. Will Brazil qualify? Yes. No, no, sorry. Brazil needs to win. Oh, win group. Yeah. Uh-oh, you threw me for a loop. Yeah, sorry. Win the group. So it's Uruguay advance, Portugal advance, Argentina advance, France advance. Brazil, Brazil win, win the group. group. And what's the other one? Germany win, win group. group. Yeah. Belgium win group. Japan, sayonara. No advance. No advance. (laughs) $200 pays $1,400. 
Oh, that's great. That's the extent of our uh, of the parlays. Uh, 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 that's a lot, lot of the horse. Lots of pieces there. That's the extent of the parlays, and uh, we've added a couple of props. Oh, that, that'll be the tail. We've added a couple of props. The yep. props uh, will be Mexico to finish with more points. Like, they don't even need to get out of the group. They just need to, like, let's say five points to four points. Yep. Not goals. No points. But you get three points for a win, one point for a draw, no points Point for, for whatever, yep. et cetera. So I say Mexico finishes with more points. Then Panama uh-huh. and Costa Rica. Mexico just needs to finish with oh, more points. That's the minus 210 one, right? Minus 225. 225? Okay. And we will bet Russia under five and a half goals scored in the tournament. Listen, I'm not sure Russia is going to get out of the group. So they might only play three games. So they have to they're not score two goals a game they're on not, average. They're not scoring against Uruguay. They won't score against Uruguay. Um, the game against uh, Saudi Arabia, dude, Saudi Arabia knows they're screwed against the other teams. They're going to be hanging on for dear life, killing time Trap. and stuff. Trap. Yeah. Big walls. Yeah. Big, big, rich walls, walls made of oil. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> oil and gold? O- oil and nil, gold. Nil, nil, nil. Like, it, Russia... Even, and get it this way, even if Russia somehow advanced through this, like Russia-Egypt would be a lower scoring game, even if they advanced through this somehow, in the quarterfinal, they'd get smoked against a real team. You have to play someone real, they'll lose 3 nothing. They won't score. Under five and a half Russia goals scored in the tournament. Sorry, sorry Putin.